Welcome to The Mortgage Life, a space for down-to-earth conversations about how mortgages contribute to your life. Well, that sounds canned and maybe a little boring. What? There are so many parts to the mortgage industry and real estate finance we can explore and share with our listeners. Okay, you're right. You're right, Mindy. Our goal is to help secure our clients' financial future. I'm Pete Salamosi. I'm Mindy Bodwin. And I'm Sue Salamosi. We're your hosts. Welcome to The Mortgage Life. Welcome to episode 29 of the Mortgage Life podcast. So this is the beginning of a new series that we're going to be doing, design, construction, and mortgages. So starting off today, we have Nicole Verbeck, who is an interior designer. I was lucky enough to meet her, what, like 10 years ago now? 10 or 11 years years ago? Yeah. We had both moved to the Okanagan, wonderful place, and raised our young families there and connected as friends and did all kinds of fun things. And um, I watched her grow in her business and it was really inspiring. So I'm very happy to have her on today. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Mindy, Mindy, you didn't say damn. The series is damn. Yes. Design and mortgages. All right. So Nicole, can you give us a little story about sort of how you got here? What started you on this path? Well, I do feel like interior design has sort of been a lifelong passion for me. I've grown up in the building industry. My father was one of the uh, inventors of the heat recovery ventilation system or HRVs. Um, so he had a manufacturing firm uh, for Vanny heat exchangers, if you're, if anyone's familiar and a lot of kind of real estate investing as I was growing up. So a lot of renovations and whatnot. So I was kind of hands-on uh, in that world my whole life. And after high school, I did tour interior design schools and uh, in Toronto and Vancouver, but ultimately decided to do a Bachelor of Commerce degree and sort of leave my doors more open um, with a business background. So I returned to my passion about seven years ago now and kind of full time, uh, you know, being the principal designer of Copper and Oak Design for about five years now. So you know, it's really been a lot of fun, just kind of, I feel very fortunate to sort of live my passion every day and help people create their dream homes. Yeah, I was there. I remember, you know, you you had the idea, you set your goal, you came up with your plan and you executed it. And this is why I love this sort of loop, this feedback loop here, where when we're talking about designing or some sort of a construction or renovation project, those are the pieces that you have to do in order to be successful in a project as well, right? Yeah, it's so true. So why do we have an interior designer on a mortgage podcast? So we have a few unique products as mortgage brokers, uh, Purchase Plus Improvements, which is a mortgage that you can get to sort of cover the costs of renovations or upgrades when you purchase your house. So there's some pros and cons to that product. And then there's another scenario where you already own the home and after a certain amount of time, maybe you want to take some equity out and refinance or an equity takeout and do some renovation work. So we thought it was a good idea to bring a professional on to sort of give us an idea of what are some key renovations that we should do? What should we focus on? What's the process look like? So yeah, let's dig in. Number one, why would somebody want to renovate? Aside from the obvious, which is that you might have those like chrome colored handles. 
<laughs> Does anyone still have those? Or is that the first thing to go? Just buy a can of black spray paint. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's an inexpensive fix for sure. And that that certainly can go a long way as a can of spray paint. I was actually going to say paint is one of the, you know, least expensive ways to update your space. And I do find that some buyers have a hard time seeing past, you know, walking into a home that's for sale and seeing orange walls or some kind of, you know, offensive color and seeing what the space could look like if you painted it white. But honestly, that's one of the least expensive ways to update your spaces is with paint for sure. So Nicole, are you saying that the main reason that people will choose to renovate is because they want to take their 1980s home out of the 1980s? Yeah, I think, you know, especially I've seen in the last few years, post-COVID and whatnot, that really home is your sanctuary. And people are really wanting to invest in their space and to, you know, feel like they're comfortable in their space, that they're inspired, that they feel happy in their homes. Is there also like a a slight bit of a change in lifestyle from maybe the homes that were designed in the 1970s and 80s to the lifestyle that we have today where gathering spaces are more like kitchen focused and offices are a little bit more integrated into the home. It's so true. Absolutely. You know, I think if you think back to kind of a divided floor plan, you know, closed off spaces, and then it sort of has gone into these great rooms, you know, where the kitchen and living and dining are all open. And, you know, it's, it's much more conducive to family life as we all know it. And at the same time, actually the, the latest sort of trend that I think we're going to see is sort of a return to some of those more segregated spaces and just dividing up sort of cozier segments of the home. But I do think that that kitchen living dining space is always going to sort of remain that way because it's, you know, if you're in the kitchen, you know, people are, you're having people over, they're going to end up around your kitchen island. The kids are going to kind of circulate through the home. So I, there, there certainly has been a lot of changes in how we live over the last 40 years. What, what are the key renovations that are going to increase value? Do you see more value in the segregated, segregated spaces or in great rooms? I think the majority of people are looking for that open concept living. I think that when we think about, you know, large scale homes, that's where you can kind of have those cozier spaces because you still have your great room, but then you're maybe doing a formal living, formal dining, those sorts of spaces. But I think by and large, you know, people are looking for that open concept in their homes when they're, when they're going out to, to find a new space for their families. So as we're talking about the pieces that increase value, maybe on the back end, but then at the front end, we're sort of struck, we started out aesthetic, which in my mind is the can of, can of paint or the uh, different colored handles. And then mm-hmm. now we've gone structural, which is tearing down a wall or adding some sort of structural component. So maybe those structural pieces will create more value down the back end, but up front is, I'm assuming that's where most of the costs would be, right? Certainly. And I think if we're kind of thinking about when, you know, what's going to be your kind of biggest bang for your buck, it's always going to be kitchens and bathrooms and really the kitchen and a primary bedroom and ensuite are kind of the, the main places that I think homeowners should focus to get their biggest return on investment. So if you're looking at those, those main things, kitchens, bathrooms, primary bedroom, ensuite, what, what about those things would you do? Like it, 
talking about the biggest bang for your buck, like I remember one of the first homes that I bought had a green shag carpet in the living room and it had yellow shag carpet in like the hallway. And then it had, I'm not even kidding, purple shag carpet in the the bedroom. So like, <laughs> is that the immediate first thing you'd look at is say, we're going to take all those different rainbow color carpets out? Yes. <laughs> the short answer there is, is yes. But you know, I mean, you, you can just, like I said, sometimes it's hard for people to visualize what a space could look like without those multicolored carpets, because you kind of, your eye is drawn to it right away. Right. Or just kind of, to me, it's also even the bacteria that's probably been growing in that carpet for however long, but certainly pulling up that carpet luxury vinyl plank has come such a long way. And certainly in terms of a renovation, if you, if you can't afford engineered flooring, luxury vinyl is a wonderful way to go and can be used in many different uh, applications, including stairs and that you could run it into a bathroom. I always recommend that if you can afford to do tile floors in a bathroom, do that because although luxury vinyl can go into a bathroom, you want it to look like real wood and you don't really put real wood into a bathroom. So if you can afford to do tile floors in your bathrooms, do that. And you can do luxury vinyl throughout, paint those walls. If your kitchen cabinetry is solid wood and it's in good shape, you can have that refinished too and painted by a professional refinishing company. And, you know, I've used local companies many times for that sort of application where the cabinetry is in good shape, you know, it just needs a, a sanding and, you know, refinish and some new cabinet hardware and, you know, maybe some new appliances, new plumbing, new countertops, solid surface. Even if you went with like a builder grade quartz, if you couldn't afford to do a higher end natural stone or even a higher end quartz, builder grade quartz comes in plain white grays you know different colors like that and certainly having even to say that you have quartz countertops or stainless steel appliances or luxury vinyl floors and tile bathrooms those kinds of things will go a long way I'm one of those people who have a hard time visualizing what a space is going to look like so I'm really curious to know about your designer brain how do you see it what turns your designer brain on I don't think my designer brain ever turns off. Actually, I just think that it's it's just sort of how I'm wired and always has been. I just walk into a space and am able to sort of see what it could be 90% of the time. So, you know, right from an initial consultation perspective, I like to speak very freely with my clients or potential clients about the possibility of their space and what, you know, what I could see changing and where I think that they would get the most value. Yeah. I was always curious about that. Like, when does the designer brain turn on, you know, for, for me, it's like pretty mathematical numbers brain. So I'm always sort of calculating things, but I also, I'm like, Sue, I mean, it takes me a long time to be in a space using the space before I start seeing the best potential in a space but there's definitely people like yourself that can literally walk into a room and see it how it should be. 
And that's just an incredible skill as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) I think that there's so much value though, if like, you know, when we're thinking about someone who has been living in their home for some time, and as you mentioned, is potentially pulling a home equity line of credit to do some renovations, they've lived in the space. So I do think that a very important part of interior design is not only how the space looks, but how it functions for a family. And really that's kind of the biggest part of my job, because when we think about the designer brain and when does it turn on, what I really want to say about that is it's such a, you know, when I meet a client and I start to get to know them and I understand how they live and their lifestyle and what their family structure looks like, those are all components that that make the wheels turn for me because I could walk into a space and I could see what I would do with it, but that might not be the perfect thing for that client. That client might love a different color palette than my personal taste. And so really my job is to kind of marry their taste and their function that their family needs with, you know, my kind of veil of taste or whatever. So I I think that, you know, there's, there's such value. It just depends on the client. Again, it always is so dependent because if you're thinking about someone who's looking at real estate and potentially going to offer on something and looking at a mortgage and what could they afford to change? Well, that's a very, you know, that needs, those decisions need to be made up front versus someone living in the space and coming to me saying, Hey, we've lived here for five years and, you know, we really don't like how far the fridge is from the sink whatever it is, right? How can we restructure this space? Or, you know, could we open up this wall to to make this more functional for our family and create that open concept living space? Those sorts of things. So it's, you know, it just depends on, on the situation for sure. So whose job is it to rein the client in then? Because I imagine a lot of people come to you wanting to put the fridge closer to the sink without knowing the costs and process and... <laughs> Yeah, well, it's certainly part of my job. There's no doubt. I get a lot of people that come, you know, with beautiful Pinterest images and whatnot. And that's fabulous for inspiration. And I always appreciate and in fact, give homework for people to come and bring me inspiration pictures that that resonate with them. But at the end of the day, if you're, you know, talking about a beer budget and champagne taste, we kind of got to find the the balance in between of what is our top priorities here and where are we going to get the biggest return on investment? And maybe it doesn't make sense to move the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) I like that beer budget champagne taste. (laughs) So you've talked a little bit about reining clients in and making sure that budgets are adhered to and looking at that. One of the things that also tends to come into the picture is timelines And we talked a little bit about like putting uh, new colors on the walls. Also talked a little bit about knocking down walls. Tell us a little bit about the timelines and how they would differ from something like putting up paint to actual structural changes. Because something changes when you go to structure, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, when you talk about structural changes, generally you, you know, you're definitely hiring a professional contractor, pulling permits, this sort of thing, right? And and permitting can take months. So it depends again on, on what the client's expectations are, timeline and budget. But certainly if, you know, if they're wanting kind of a quick turnaround time, they're going to want to avoid structural changes. And so from our perspective, the quick turnaround time would be the purchase plus improvements. 
mortgage product. I almost said one more P there, but that was too many. So in this product, when you're looking at buying a home, you like what you see, but you want a new kitchen or something, some sort of change, but you want to incorporate that in right away. So when you put your offer in for the house, you're also going to engage a contractor designer, and they're going to go through the property with you and come up with a quote for how much it will cost for you to do the work that you want to do. You submit that quote along with your purchase to a mortgage broker who then puts the whole package together An appraiser ultimately determines what the value of the home will be on completion. And that becomes your new lending value. So you're able to get more of a mortgage to help you complete that work. So that's what we call a purchase plus improvements. Um, the caveat is there's usually a cap as to how much you can, you can borrow in that case as well as a timeline restriction. It typically has to be done in 120 days. So when Nicole's talking about, you know, these sort of structural things, yeah, it would be great to be able to open up the kitchen on a purchase plus, but chances are it wouldn't be done in time in the 120 days, especially if you're going to be waiting on municipal permitting. Is, am I right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and you never know to, when you open up a wall, what you're going to find in behind it and, you know, your cost and expense and the scope of work can increase very quickly in those sorts of situations. So again, it's important to have a, you know, a good inspection prior to closing. And when you do consider a purchase plus improvement um, mortgage situation, to have that contractor and designer walk through the property with you, talk about kind of best value of, of increases and, you know, what they could do realistically within that time frame and that budget. And then to kind of include, as Mindy said, with the estimate, a line item for design, for plumbing, for lighting, for all of the things that are required to, to make that happen. So just as we talked about with a lot of other pieces of the mortgage puzzle, planning, Nicole, is probably one of the most important things? Certainly. In fact, you know, right now, for instance, you know, I'm working on a number of large custom home builds and the planning of the design is all happening during the excavation stage. This is not, you know, once the framing is done and the drywall is complete, this is months and months in advance to make sure that the plumbing goes in properly, the electrical goes in where it's planned and it's all planned ahead of time. So yeah, planning is a very big part of construction, design, project management. I want to go back to the comment where you said you never know what you're going to find. I just think, I, I mean, I think I'm an expert because I watch reality TV shows and we see all the surprises, you know, as they come up and they pull those walls down and they find mold behind the walls and whatever. Anyways, my point is the question I'm getting to is the importance of hiring professionals versus doing it yourself. You're talking about planning months and months in advance and doing all this pre-work. So can you talk to us about do-it-yourself jobs? Absolutely. I think that there's a lot of things that can be done that are great DIY sort of things. And depending on a couple's ability level, there's so many things that can be done. One of the things that I would just caution is that you may assume that you're going to be saving money by doing it yourself. However, more often than not, hiring a professional whose job it is to maintain timelines and budget is actually going to save you in the long run because not only are do we have the trades at hand do we have you know the planning and the resources and you know 
I'm able to extend builder discounts or designer discounts to clients, that sort of thing. And generally when we think about DIY, it's, you know, very handy people who have a great design eye that want to do things in the evenings or on the weekends. And so maybe in some of those cases, the best thing for you to do, if it, if it was more of a paint and change some light fixtures and maybe, you know, retile a bathroom and you think that you can handle that yourself. Fantastic. Have a designer or a builder come in and do a consultation to kind of walk you through that process, bounce some ideas off of that initial investment is going to be small, but it will probably ultimately save you a lot of grief and stress and back and forth of, should I do this? Shouldn't I do that? sort of thing. And so just bringing a professional in at the start of a project, even if you want to do the DIY thing, well worth it. So tell us a little bit about uh, what kinds of things you're seeing in the design world right now, uh, in terms of like, what is trendy? You talked a little bit about trendy things. Uh, I tend to kind of balance trendy with timeless. So what is happening and what's cool out there? Well, me too. I love, I love trendy and timeless, but I feel like my design sense is more on the timeless side with kind of, you know, little bits and pieces that are trendy, but are going to stand the test of time. So really what I've seen uh, in the last year or so in terms of what's trending is more curves. I'm seeing a lot more soft lines instead of hard lines warm tones instead of cool tones, deeper color palettes, um, heavier textures and mixing textures and fabric and prints, you know, mixing metals. It's not just brass or black or polished nickel or chrome. It's how can we, you know, use a little bit of everything, really layering spaces and defining spaces, even if they are open concept, but defining them by paint or wallpaper or furniture even. But, you know, I always think it's a good idea to tie a little bit of black into every room, you know, whether it's just a, a chair or a handle on a cabinet or, you know, the smallest thing, it just tying a little bit of one color and kind of a grounding sense like black throughout the home will help kind of tie things together, but we're not, we're not seeing white walls go away. That's still very much a thing. However, I would say that I'm seeing and using a lot more of warm whites than cooler with gray undertones these days. Good to know. And all those things are pretty, you know, basic. It's not like cheetah wall print is, uh, no, I would say, yeah, you know, natural materials, you know, seeing marbles or limestone walls, plaster, bringing stone back into the home, whether, you know, I'm seeing some beautiful kind of overgrowted backsplashes, even where it would be, you know, more of a fireplace facade in the past, but kind of bringing natural elements back into the home is, is really trending these days. And I love it. Archways are really back as well. And, and I'm loving those too, just kind of softening, softening spaces a bit. I know shopping in Victoria, all the, you know, hundred year old homes, the character homes, there's a lot of 
archways and texture and small rooms. And you see some of the renovations that people have done incorporating the old and the new. And I just, I, I love them. I loved how I was shopping here. It was amazing. So inspiring. I love that as well. I really love when you see a character home that someone has taken and renovated and modernized and kind of the you know, mix of old and new together is, is really special. What, what stands out for you in your career? Something, uh, any favorite projects, anything that you'd like to share that has really just made your career extra special? Oh, I just feel that I am so fortunate to work with so many incredible clients that are so unique and so trusting as well that, you know, the best kind of experience is when you link up with a new client and, you know, their kind of opinion is that I'm a professional, they're professionals in their own field and they love what I do. And so they just kind of let me roll with it and kind of have that creative freedom to understand what the client wants, but to deliver that for them. I just feel very, very blessed in my career to, you know, to have gotten to know so many incredible people through my job. And it's such an intimate experience working with someone to design their home and to really understand how they live every day. And uh, it's such a privilege and I, I love it so much. Any specific project or design or something that that really pushed you or taught you or well there's one project on uh, on Okanagan Lake that is a couple years old now I finished it a couple of years ago but just a very eclectic very fun family who have become very close friends actually through the process but you know really took some really fun risks in there and you know we have a four foot by five foot octopus chandelier hanging in the dining room and and things like that where you know you just get to really play quite literally it you know it's an expression of art in in that sort of sense of the word and so you know you're not just doing a kind of a builder basic you know which is fine too but this has really really been fun so that's a really a standout project for me and I, I have quite a few actually I feel lucky well thank you Nicole it means a lot to us to have you come on today and sort of break down this process for us I know I get asked a lot by clients what what should I do what are the things that you know would make the most money and, and it's hard to say I mean no house is the same no family is the same as you've said even just having that sort of intimate time with your clients to get to know them and how they would best use the space so maybe there's not the perfect answer that there's the perfect renovations to do but I think hiring professionals having those conversations planning budgeting paying attention to timelines those seem to be the pieces that really matter and that will ultimately make it a successful renovation project and those ideas are timeless (laughs) they are those are not trendy Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I really have enjoyed our time together and I hope that uh, your listeners found it valuable. This is The Mortgage Life. We look forward to continuing the conversation. So come back and listen. 